This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gershiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello and good day, disaster divas. Here I am again. It is me, Jordan Cruciola, with Amanda Smith. As you should know, trust and believe that by now, Jordan Cruciola, Amanda Smith, coming at you with the latest installment of the Disaster Girls podcast. And we are ratcheting down the intensity considerably this week, going from uh, the South Korean heart-exploding dual earthquake nuclear disaster uh selection of last week to this this week's offering grizzly rage you know we just we like to mix it up yes and while there there were definitely the common themes of uh some sort of weird nuclear waste in this one as well yeah there yeah definitely a little bit more of, of a an indie heartfelt genre piece yeah, yeah. It was, you know, a David Dakota special. And I will reiterate that the cover, if you go into IMDb, the thumbnail image, like a uh, cover photo of this movie is like a little movie poster. And the log line on it is ripped apart at the screams, which I, uh, I really loved as a bit of a tease. And I, uh, you know, what? I had a fun time with this. I had a fun time with Grizzly Rage. It was kind of exactly, I think, what I what I needed to get out of something at this level this 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 tier of disaster film. Yeah, it was it was an, a deeply competent film. What a competent <laughs> movie this was for the most for the most part. What what happens in this movie, Amanda? What what incites oh, well. the rage? So there are four high school graduates, three guys, two of whom just are wearing the entirety of the Abercrombie store, <laughs> um, and the responsible level-headed girl. Um, who decide to go out on a camping trip, and instead of going to their chosen destination, they go a little further and go off-roading um, in some restricted site. They hit a grizzly bear cub while off-roading. They crash their car, and then the mama bear comes after them unrelentingly for, yeah. for several hours. And uh, as much a movie about the many ways you can still drive a car, even if it's fucked up, as it is about, yes. you know, the, the rage of a grizzly. Yeah, this movie is really a testament to like the make it happen one way or another enduring power of a Jeep, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, as someone uh, who knows nothing about cars the entire uh-huh. time, I was just like, that shouldn't, like, can cars still do that? Like, I, much like Jordan, much like how I get nervous when I approach the sell by date of any piece of food, <laughs> yeah. my assumption with all cars are like how I think that baby legs are very delicate. I yes. also think that baby cars, just popping right off. They pop right off if you're. <laughs> I still think I still hold that that is the case. If you're catching a baby by the foot while launching it out of an out of a tree, and you catch <laughs> it by the foot, but that leg is going to at least be dislocated, if not ripped clean off. <laughs> still hold that, no matter how many times you laugh at me or our friend Sarah sends us videos of her playing with her baby's legs and laughing yes, at me. Playing with the baby legs. Um, she's a very responsible mother. I don't want anyone to get the wrong impression, but she <laughs> yeah. does taunt me. It's purely for heckling, purely for heckling purposes. Yeah, no, the baby, the baby, no babies are harmed in the heckling of me and my neuroses, but (laughs) 
And just launching right into the reality of it. Like I had no idea that you could crack a radiator and keep going with your car. I had no idea you could do any of these things. Well, you and can like, going. that car they, kept on. They re, the engine overheated. Did they, did they specifically shout out? I'm not remembering now. Did they specifically shout out the radiator? Okay. Yeah. They cracked the radiator. That's why they needed um, to go search for more water. Uh-huh. So I think so, yeah. so they they go off roading and they hit the bear lose control like they lose control crash into a tree and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with the car and then they right. do say that the radiator is cracked. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it could have been just more severe what happened to me than than what happened to their radiator in this movie. I am pretty sure uh, when I got stranded on a road trip going from San Francisco back to my college town of Eugene, Oregon. Uh, when we parked in Reading in the mall parking lot to go get Panda Express, the moment I turned off my car, I think what happened was the radiator gave out and basically, and suddenly I turned off my car and steam started pouring out of my hood and liquid spilled out the bottom of my car. And again, maybe it was more, maybe it was totally more fucked what happened to me than what happened to this vehicle. But we definitely were not going anywhere from that parking lot at the time. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, I couldn't say. Like, they didn't get the car much farther, but they also did have to drive it over a cliff again to get it to fully stop functioning versus the mechanical troubles. So, you know, I, I not being uh, much of a grease monkey myself, either couldn't say it seemed that if you were having trouble like they were and they needed to get they needed to cool the engine off they wouldn't have been able to just keep dry like it would have been a much more of a stop start affair had the, yeah. the they've been experiencing the pro instead of like all right well we got it running again we're just gonna gun this full speed up a hill and keep going because it kind of seemed like well you know, I guess the engine was giving them trouble again down the line right before they drove over that that cliff, uh, imperiling them further. They were starting to have issues, and then also Wes then decided to grab the wheel and drive them directly over the side. Yes, yes. Wes, played by played by uh, CW's Superman, Tyler Hecklin, who I would just like to give uh, an acknowledgement to the fine work that Tyler Hecklin was doing on his physique at the time. As I he stop staring at those arms. He he looked fabulous and good work to you, Tyler Hecklin, <laughs> Tyler for Hecklin. your distracting build in Grizzly Rage. I genuinely <laughs> Amanda has a hand on arms. her face right now <laughs> because I wasn't sure if we were going to address the giant armed elephant in the room, but no, like were, watching it, yeah. it was just like, are they those really practical? Something. Can he fight the grizzly? Yeah. It was like, you know how, how kangaroos have actually, like, a ton of upper body strength? <laughs> yeah, like, they always look like they always look real. They always yeah. look like they're just, like, super jacked. <laughs> and they can fight really well. Uh, that was him. I was just like, he could fight the grizzly, and I'd believe it. Not because yeah. he's so imposing physically, but just because, like, those muscles have to be good for something. <laughs> yes. They were They were present. They were... Yeah. Uh, it, I what I I think this connects to the the reality index of this too because the the attire of of oh. Tyler's character Wes was perfect for showing off these these guns the the gun show that that Tyler Hecklin was treating us to the entire movie and it was this movie came out in 2007 
the fashion spoke to like a little bit earlier than that to me, but like the idea about this was 2002. The idea of these bros like look like they're from Alabama. That's what the license plate said. These like, you know, I think it was Tyler Heckle was uh, looks like 20 when he made this movie. The idea that these people are supposed to be like 17 is a hilarious. Like, is it high school or is it college that they're graduating from? No, they're from? high school. They're graduating from oh, high school because then they're all in the car discussing. They're all discussing about the colleges they'll be going to the following year. Um, but and they, they all had, it, it was it was super. They all had C or at the time WB lead actor vibes of just like if you had pulled them from a casting room. Everything yeah, about them they was. Were, they were perfectly styled teenagers and they were perfectly styled for the era the reality index of that felt very true to me the one uh i think it was rich the guy that we lose first in the first grizzly attack with his like flowered shirt and bucket hat and wes has his tank top and very long like not even shorts they're basically capris at that point but they're like a young man shorts yes and like they all felt and the guy with the 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 final guy Sean with the bandana in his hair and his shell necklace it and felt his very accurately polo jordan yeah that yeah. he was wearing a bright orange polo yeah all of them there was there were adidas there were adidas slides there were adidas shell toes there were yes. flip flops men wearing yep. flip flops it was if you made a period piece, it was like watching uh, Pen Fifteen in terms of like how it just <laughs> sucked me right back into mentally and emotionally yeah. the fashions of the early two thousands. That is the male equivalent of lip gloss culture, as you yeah. have described it before. Yes, lip gloss yeah, culture that is very the- important, as embodied by the film The Blurring Ring, very much. Um, and and the the character, the the one female character, Lori. Uh, looked like straight out of like a, a Britney Spears shop the look kind of situation yeah. with like the 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 sort of baby doll tank the like bikini slash bra as fashion the lowrider jean it all co- it, uh, stylistically this movie really this movie was very cohesive I really appreciated yeah. that about these flat ironed thin flat ironed hair stuck straight to her head yeah because yep. volume is the enemy that particular kind of blonde, yeah. the hairstyles on the boys. It was, yeah, I great job to David Dakota and his uh, wardrobe and styling team for really bringing that to life. Yeah. They just shook a Hollister out <laughs> on end and sicked a grizzly bear on him. And it was perfect. I'm Yeah, the styling on it, just every single moment. Although I will say, reality index, when Sean... So we're, I'm jumping around a little bit, but Sean at one point, so the, the truck is, is completely useless. Yeah. Lori, they have decided, has a concussion. Yeah. Wes has been whacked around by a grizzly bear, but not actually hurt. And Sean decides that he is going to run the, nine, the 15 kilometers, approximately nine miles, back to the highway okay. to go okay. for help. And Wes was originally going to do it, and Wes was racing, lacing up his shell tops, getting ready yes. to go. He really was. He was they they do a close-up of the shell top and Sean is like, I can run faster than you, and he takes off in his flip-flops. 
I nine miles. I noticed that, and I was like, they better just both. uh, I'm just. I'm gonna give them the benefit of doubt and assume benefit of the doubt and assume they know that they're not the same size and can swap shoes. Because why the hell did that kid? I watched that. Like they do an extended sequence of they just you keep watching this guy run and run, and I was like, those aren't flip flops. The guy in flip flops didn't go. He they didn't not trade shoes, did they? I was like, okay, well they must know that they can't share shoes because otherwise it is crazy that this guy has set off to run nine miles in his flip-flops. That was ridiculous. I, and I yet, be, why not be barefoot? A team tuck, boy. Tuck them into your shorts bands or like probably the many pockets that we just didn't see because you know he's wearing <laughs> cargos. Like, <laughs> tuck them into your waistband, throw them away, whatever. Those flip-flops aren't making it nine miles regardless. Like flip-flops can't make it through a mall without them popping apart. I mean, not making it nine Amanda miles. is really Amanda's really underestimating my flip-flops, which is my everyday shoe, my rainbows. I know, but he was uh, not wearing rainbows. No, that's he was thing, not wearing rainbows. That's the difference. I, that is, he I was run not running in rainbows in my flip flops, and I'm not saying that's advisable, but I'm saying my flip flops carry me through all conditions in the Southern California, not all conditions weather. Right. <laughs> but you aren't running nine miles in flip flops, Jordan. I just want to go, and you're not trying to outrun a grizzly bear in flip flops, <laughs> yeah. and you're not running through a forest in flip flops, <clears> and none <throat> of this seems like a good plan. No, um, but he he stuck to his flip flops. God bless him. He just kept right the fuck on going, and, and by- uh, that really spoke to how ill prepared they all were in my head. I was like, you know what that that tracks for me all. Like I didn't believe he could do it, but I did believe that they were all so ill prepared to be stuck yeah. out in the middle of nowhere that and somehow have drunk all of the bottles of water. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing nothing. They yeah, because at one point. They when the car like they the get radiator, the accident, yeah. they they disembark <clears throat> in separate directions. Uh, Wes and was it Rich do, and they're carrying water bottles because they need to go look for water bottle, look for water to to cool to cool off the engine. And they've already yeah they haven't got out of the car. They've not exerted themselves. They've not done anything, and yet all the water is already gone in the car. Yeah, they, the amount of water that they have drunk is. Because they, they, at one point, so when they open up the, the, what's it called? The cooler. And they're just pulling out comical amounts of water bottles. <laughs> like, I drink a lot of water in the car <laughs> on road trips. I've actually given myself, like, water poison. I've actually overhydrated myself to the point where oh I've had water poisoning. Why? <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> I was drinking, like, a liter of water an hour on average. Oh, I have a child's bladder, and the idea of that—you never get anywhere with me. We would. Well, so here's the here's the problem. If I was doing that, the problem becomes that you drink the water, and then you're like, "Oh, I have to pee," and then you go to the gas station, and then you're like, "Well, I can't just use the gas station bathroom and not buy something." So you buy another bottle of water, and then you drink that bottle of water, and then you have to pee again. And Jordan, or you buy a snack. <laughs> I had done I have so many that's also how I end up with so many snacks on road trips and in my snack cabinet it's a formidable snack cabinet that's no lie but yeah, like half the water next gas. to you does not mean the bottle needs to be emptied promptly <laughs> I, I, drink I a had lot of one water. I had one wa- and again I'm not saying I, I don't hydrate enough that is true but like in a road trip situation and like if I'm going to the movies when we did that, um, 
I, for two hours before the movies, I will not drink anything because I don't want to have to get up and pee during the movie. And so if I, like when I drove from LA to Portland, Oregon recently, like just south of Portland, Oregon, it was 14 hours. I drank a bottle and a half of water that I parsed out so carefully over that 14 hours to limit my bathroom stops to four. So Jordan, for point of reference, I was driving from Crater Lake. Uh-huh. Um, so like, cause that's, you can kind of figure. So I was driving from Crater Lake to, I was going to stop in a little South of, um, like by basically Yosemite. I was driving on, yeah, I was driving on the 395. So it was like a seven hour drive and it took me longer. I would, I would say then based on this reality index, it's utterly believable that these boys would have drank all that water because clearly you would have too. Clearly, you would have drank drive. all that water. I would not have drunk all that water. But I also <laughs> would have planned better because I would have been like, I, I thought I don't believe I could have drunk that water. Unquestionably, you would have I would have better. planned better. And also, again, like, they never would have gotten to their destination because they would have been peeing so much. They would have had to constantly be stopping to pee or peeing back into those bottles. Either way, they never would have gotten to the grizzly rage portion of, the, of their day. <laughs> When and you can't, you can't miss out on that. Yeah, you need. That's part of the itinerary. <laughs> we have to stick to the itinerary. I, I love any movie that that has a teenager repeatedly yelling about itineraries. I really appreciated that. <laughs> that does that 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 pinged your reality index for your personal um, reality. It did a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, did, it, did, it did. It did strike me. I, I related to that slightly. Um, which, by the way, so when they go looking for. I loved that they just kind of wandered off to go look for water without any real game plan of where the water would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, fully, fully again, believe, like, everything dumb in this movie, I believe, because it was three yeah. 18-year-old boys. Exactly. And so totally I was like, believe. yeah, that, why wouldn't, why wouldn't 18-year-old boys decide that they're going to go wander through the woods with an angry grizzly bear? Because they'll find water eventually. Yeah, and that like that very much, like, I feel that when I'm watching uh, Euphoria, a show I really like but is just beyond outrageous every kind of like beyond the pale kind of stupid or or thing there some that some teen is doing where I'm like no what are you doing I'm like well teens you can you can get away with possibly so much like you know maybe not maybe not what you should have done as a writer on the back of hey well teens you know you can just pawn everything off on the the stupidity and immaturity and inexperience of teens. Not that the teens will not save us and not that the teens of this present generation are not like more on the ball than I ever was at their, at their same equivalent age, but you can still be like, Oh, well, you know, teens They'd be like, all right, everybody, let's just fan out different directions and find water and then run back here when we have it. And that's going to be our strategy. Sure. Teen boys. As a, as a generation, great. They're doing great. Individually, teenagers still are teenagers. Yeah. They still do. Like, individually, teenagers still do teenage things. And so uh, three boys being like, let's all... One is going to stand on top of the truck and stare around. And two yeah. other boys are going to wander off into just the woods. And bear if he sees one or something. Right. And two boys are going to wander into the woods with a single bottle of water yeah. to, to, to find a stream and refill this one you know, one regular size bottle of water to save the radiator. Now, a question about bear safety. There is a sort of rundown at one point where I think it's Sean is going to be setting out to, you know, he's going to go on his run in his flip-flops. And Wes is like, if you, you know, see the bear, 
of course you, you cannot run a bear. Like that's not going to happen. They're very fast. Running up a tree is not going to save you. Like, yeah, running from the bear isn't going to help. He's like, stop in your tracks. Get real. Like, don't, don't say like, you know, he says like soothe the bear or something like, let it know you're yeah. there. And then, he, you know, he says, drop down. If it starts moving towards you, drop down to the fetal position, cover your arms with your face, with your arms and hope that it thinks you're dead. Do we know enough about bear safety to say whether or not that is advisable protocol? So I know nothing about bear safety um, gotcha. because my stance in life is don't be in a situation where you need to know about bear safety. Don't go into the no, grizzly just, maze. Don't go yeah, into the grizzly maze. Don't go maze. into the grizzly maze. <laughs> there, I, I really like I the other day almost bought a bear canister because every so often I consider <laughs> camping in the high mountains and I'm like mm-hmm. and then I, I'm like but I would need a grizzly, I need a bear canister. And I'm just, I'm still going to worry. Still Uh going to worry that they're going to find me. Still going to worry that they're (laughs) going to smell the toothpaste on my breath and come looking for me. Um, Fortunately, PBS.org has information on the good, the bad, and the grizzly. Oh, okay. What to do. And Wes is correct. This is probably why Wes was the valedictorian. Yeah. So you're supposed to avoid direct eye contact, uh, walk away slowly, stand your ground, um, don't try to outrun it. And then if the bear makes contact, curl up into a ball on your side or lie flat on your stomach. Okay. Okay. Um, All right. but then as good, we saw good real advice from Wes, as we saw from this though, this bear in particular does not yes. care about okay. any of the pro- bear does not care about bear protocol. Uh huh. Well, it is it is a it is a it is a bear on the the path for vengeance. So yeah, I can see why the rules go out the window. I did love that. I this I thought this movie did. <laughs> You know, we could say the reality index of the bear and its believability. This, I thought, uh, Dakota and company did the a great job with what they had. There was clearly a real bear on set that was being wrangled for, like, wide shots and, like, bear reaction shots. But then, mm-hmm. like, in those close-up moments where you need the bear to do the savage thing that it's not going to do and you also can't kill people on your set... There were very obviously like fake bear paws and like bear head and like human impossible bear suit kind of situations. And I personally loved those little practical touches of uh, obvious bear puppetry <laughs> throughout the movie. Always, always a better option to go with bear puppet than CGI bear. <laughs> yeah. Love, yeah. Totally. Right there with you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there, um, I, I, I went to uh, a Q&A for the... Um, I went to a Q&A for a little horror movie last year where they had to have a bear on set. And it was explained in the Q&A that um, you can't, like, you can't be within so many feet of the bear. If it makes it look like, if you you do have an actor and a bear in the same shot and, like, the, the actor is being menaced by the bear, you have to, like, do camera trickery and, perspe- like, perspective setups to make it look like that bear is closer to the person than they are because there's a pretty healthy space distance that has to be, be- maintained between the animal and the actor. So, like, instead of that, Let's just throw a bear puppet in there and let's like instead of like, you know, we can't go in for CGI on this. We can't go in for like a lot of gore effects. So we're just going to have the like mauling get really blurry and confusing looking. And then they're just going to the 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 fill in for this movie was to just have red blood like graphics splash on the camera. And that was like, uh oh, someone's died because there's there's blood on the camera. And I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm like the visual language of this movie is consistent, and I appreciate that. Yeah, the it always felt like I was expecting to see like fatality pop up <laughs> on the screen yeah. when they would have the little red 
the little red graphic-y thing for the blood. Um, I love that this bear had a consistent kill method. Bear yeah. liked to throw people through the air. And I liked, yeah. I liked that. I always like it when we have a, an animal who has a go-to. Sort of oh, just that serial move. killer method, a signature move. And for this bear, throwing people through, which I don't know that bears can throw. Don't know that they that they do that. This bear fully like goes opposable thumbs because the first victim is rich and the bear like takes a swipe at his face, knocks him down. He's got like big bear claw marks in his cheek. Well, then like we see the bear approach rich further. Like the boy tries to crawl away. The bear approaches back and we see rich laying on the ground. And then we see bear hands, bear paws, grab him by the ankles and pull him out of the frame. Not like a bear mouth. Because you can't really fake that with, I, I would imagine, the puppet bear head that they had on this set. But it's like, you know what we can do? We can have a person with bear paw arms reach into the frame and grab this guy by the ankles and pull. So this bear was pulling people with its bear hands in and out of the frame and smacking <laughs> great distances. And so... <laughs> Sorry, bear... Calling them bear hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bear they hands. They they were. They are. They yeah. are in fact bear hands. You're right. It's, just, <laughs> it's like a boat windows thing. It's just yeah. <laughs> yep. In that case, I, that was boat windows was me searching for the word and not finding it. Bear hands is me intentionally not saying yeah. Pot and being no, like they were they were bear hands. and like we are I'm not saying it's gonna get I'm not saying it goes that deep but it seems like there has to be something that goes along besides like there's an undercurrent in this movie of like nature like nature we are the virus kind of thing like nature's fighting back so when you see the chemical waste in that like quarry yeah this is kind of a mutant bear and it does have bare hands or That's maybe exactly what I was going to say signifying like it's, yeah like it's just signif- maybe it's just there to signify like why mother nature would be so angry at us in addition to like killing her bear cub um but yeah maybe maybe in ways not acknowledged this is a mutant bear that can pick people up throw them hit them while like retract its claws and hit them to like send them great distances or even pull them across the ground with bare hands and we have no reason to believe that we have no proof bare hands we have, no, we have no proof that that cabin wasn't made and it wasn't built and occupied by that bear yeah there is a cabin so, that is filled with like rundown shitty things like classic abandoned derelict cabin in the woods could have been the bear's cabin could have been the bear's cabin but yeah the the when the waste the, when the sort of toxic chemical waste showed up i was so relieved because i had watched this movie years ago probably like tw- 2010 maybe on when it was on it aired on sci-fi one day um and i would sw- have sworn up and down until i had to find the title again for this podcast that it was called atomic grizzly like i would have sworn up and down and it was not at all never I was it wasn't like concerned. an alternate title or anything I don't think so. Okay. When I Google okay. Atomic Grizzly, it just a YouTuber pops up and that's it. <laughs> Got it. And so I would have sworn up and down. And so as as I'm watching this, I was just like, where did I, what seizure did I have while watching this the first time that made me sub in Atomic? So seeing the, the chemical waste was very like, okay, I'm not losing my mind. Right. There, there was, was a in fact, route. there was something that this, there's a, a jump that my brain made in the same way that I was watching, what movie was I watching that I was like, did this guy, is this the one where his hands melt? 
I was watching it with my boyfriend. And I kept being like, is this the one where it's, oh, it was Devil's Advocate. And he's like, do you know anything about this oh. movie? And I was like, oh, that's the one where he puts his fingers in acid. And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he puts his hand in acid. I know this has something to do with his hands going to acid, and we watched this whole movie. And he's like, I don't know. And he, he's, it's one of it was one of his favorite movies, and, or continues to be. He still, you know, exists. He's just not in my life anymore. <laughs> well, he doesn't exist we, to me. He, yeah. Um, so um, as we're watching this movie, and he's like, I, he's like, what are you? I'm like, no. At one point, he, and finally we get to the end, and he puts his hand in the holy water, and it sizzles, <laughs> and I was like, yes. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> I knew that scene. I had no context for it. So right, when I see right. a man putting his hand context, into a bowl of you. something, yeah. I assume he's putting his hand into a bowl of acid. That just yeah. makes sense. Yeah, out of context, that's acid hands. At, out of context. That was the only point of reference and I had for the whole so movie is, about Devil's... Which, by the way, Devil's Advocate, strong recommend for anybody who likes these movies that we are watching. You should watch Devil's Advocate because yeah, it's you're talking just, You're talking about the Keanu Reeves one, right? Yeah, I had no yeah. I, I am so mad that I made it this far in, in life without having seen Al Pacino's performance in that film. I mean, yeah, then don't don't rule out the 90s thrillers, ladies and gentlemen. I, I'm in a I'm in a period of revisiting them right now myself. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, pulling back to sorry. the bear. Anyway, hand, I am pulling so back. Sorry. To the, the point of that yo. story was, yes, that, that, that chemical chemical waste atomic grizzly. Sorry. Pulling back to the bare hands uh, at, at, at issue. Uh, the bear itself, do we, are there grizzlies in Alabama? Is the North American grizzly present in Alabama? Let me see. Smoky Mountain grizzly bears. Oh, okay. Grizzlies and, yes, there are more than, well, there's black bears. So. Yeah, there there are other kinds of bears in, in a lot, but like, I feel like the grizzly is kind of a specific, like, I don't know. Is it, is it in Sunbelt areas? That seems... Maybe not so. I think grizzlies are on the western... Wait, what? No, this seems not right. This has to be a joke. This isn't real. Sorry, I'm processing and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, polar bears to be introduced to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in 2016. Oh, it's April Fool's. Ah, okay, that's why it's not real. Yeah, never mind that. The biologicaldiversity.org says... I confused. Yeah, let's, let's, we don't have to talk through all of that. The grizzly bears are found today in Alaska, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, Washington, and possibly southern Montana. Or possibly yeah, western, Colorado. It's a western, it's a western, western states thing. Yeah, western, okay. also, but also northern. Like... Because temperature. Well, we get them, and, yeah. But you like, could get, like, I mean, you could get them down in, like, pretty far south here because they get down to Yellowstone and further south than that. Because historically they range from Alaska to, to Mexico and from the Pacific Ocean to Mississippi River, but their numbers were vastly reduced by Western expansion. So, okay. yeah, it seems like Alabama doesn't, like, hot, no. humid, swampy Alabama doesn't seem like where you would find a grizzly to raging in the first place unless, unless this is a true grizzly out of water fish out of water story compounding to the nature of the possibly atomic grizzly aspect of yeah. all of this maybe maybe he relocated you know or she relocated this is a grizzly mom so maybe she relocated there is there's so much we don't know about this grizzly's backstory and suddenly i feel like that that something that could have been filled in for us i mean i like the sleekness of this movie i like that it's just yeah. like a nice 85 minutes, basically. 
So I'm maybe not this movie, but you know, if you're going to imply chemical alteration to nature, maybe, I don't know, some crazy scientist character somewhere that can deliver us a heap of exposition to let us know the nature of this Sunbelt Southeastern United States grizzly. This uh, Everglades grizzly. I think we need a prequel. We need a prequel to find out the origin story of said grizzly. Called Atomic Grizzly. See, there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I still can't believe that I just like made up an entire title. Anyway, um, so moving on to other aspects of the reality index. Who's, uh, do you think that was the Grizzlies, like, cabin? Whose cabin do you think that was? Do you think that cabin, the cabin oh, owner I, got eaten by the Grizzly? I, I would, I, I feel like that's a good, I mean, there was a bear trap in there, so the, the cabin owner was aware of Grizzly. I think this guy's either been eaten by Grizzly or, uh, just this is a methy person who was living in the deep woods of Alabama and they either fled because of the Grizzly or died of their, their natural causes, in this okay. rundown shack. Um, and it, there, there's, there's interesting, like dead ends sort of in this movie. Like at one point they go for a, a bear trap that nothing, nothing comes of it. The bear trap is, is broken. It in fact injures Lori. Um, it never really injures the bear. She falls flat on her back on an open bear trap and the teeth stab yeah. her in the back. And I really, I really recoiled at the, the teeth, the teeth of that entering her her spine area that that really got me. Um, yeah, and they're like at one point it somebody up goes being like a flesh wound, which was really <laughs> a surprising like that. The degree to which the the bear trap didn't hurt her as much as one might expect a bear trap <laughs> yeah. to hurt if entering your back. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She she got right up. She just kept on running. Yeah, and, um, and know, I can't I guess account power... all of that. I can't. I can't put all of that to like adrenaline. I can't. <laughs> And then at one point, like, it, like Tyler Hecklin's character sends off on sets off at one point on like I don't know an exploring expedition. He climbs one side of the quarry opposite where they're parked with a tire iron in his hand. Gets to the t on his way to the top, drops the tire iron, sees the bear, turns right back around, runs down the quarry, goes back to his friends. It's like, well, that was a useless way to expend a lot of calories and hydration. And then later on. When they, when it's all, all that's left at this point is, is Wes and Lori by the end, they're like looking for ways in which to, to finally outsmart the bear. Somebody grabs an ax in a shed. I forget whether, I think it's, I think it is Wes. Nothing ever really happens with the ax. There are like all these weapons introduced that nothing comes of them. There's no like great struggle. It was just like, oh yeah, ultimately you'd have to be fighting a puppet bear. So we better just have them drop these weapons along the way and have them be just like symbols of lost hope, I guess. So there were there were funny kind of there were funny sort of dead ends in that like things that were introduced but that we never needed to we never needed to think about again. Oh, I thought just remembered. Well, they of course have no cell phone reception, and this is two thousand and seven. They're all just little you know plastic flip phones that they have. I was like, you know what? This is finally the scenario for that emergency button on my iPhone that I'm absolutely never going to press. But I was like, holy shit. Is this finally the case or it would be like, oh, I know what to do. I'm just going to click that side button a few times on my phone and I'm going to push that SOS and hope that actually does something and that it's not just there for my peace of mind. Yes, that is exactly what it's for. Yeah. This, ladies and gentlemen, in 2020, if you find yourself in the middle of grisly rage, activate that SOS button on your iPhone. I feel, why haven't I seen that yet in a movie? Even to be thwarted, like somebody being like, 
hit the emergency activate, like hit the emergency response thing on your phone. Nobody has said that, but that is on all of our iPhones. This thing that like sends out a huge distress call in some way. I have no idea the specifics of what happens if you push that button. But like, why is nobody even introducing that as a concept? When I didn't know that have existed. Phones, you didn't? I didn't know. I'm really oh my intrigued God. right now. Amanda, like, I mean, I know that conscious Amanda. I know that like your your phone can, even when it doesn't really have a signal, can kind of put out still like an I, emergency. I think, like I knew that, but I didn't know that there's like a, a specific buttony thing that you press. Yeah, it's because, yeah, and I think that's, that's why I'm even bringing it up because I, I'm pretty sure it is like you don't have to have good reception for this thing yeah. to like how, I don't know, ping a satellite. But it's the... It, I forget what like you like you click the, the like the side button like the lock screen button on your phone a couple of times or you hold it down like on mine I have an 11 and if you just hold down that button like you want to go turn it off completely one of the options that comes up is this big red X like SOS and you push that to like send up the flare so be wise everybody don't forget you have that on your phone in a moment of extreme distress that's incredibly good to know. Thank you. Yeah. 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 There I we go. Look at that. Yeah. That's so when, when Wes climbed up the other side, he was trying to see if he could get a cell signal over there, which like, dude, you're nine miles deep in the woods. You're not getting a cell <laughs> signal anywhere. There's, there's no towers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's not a function of whether or not you're high enough up and close enough to the sky. It's a question right, of whether yeah. or not there's a cell tower. Which um, really is the, it is the, that is the movie logic. Get high. Yeah. Get high, get closer to the sky, and the signal will beam down from the clouds. No, you need to have like one of those trees needs to be the, one of those trees in the woods needs to be that fake tree that they have stationed all over like suburban areas. That's actually a cell tower. Wait, is that real? You've never there seen are, those fake trees that are cell tower? Them. Yes, I, well, I, they're I, all I, over yeah. the city. They're all over the city. They like the they look like if someone put a Lego tree. Transformer were dressed up as a tree. Disaster Divas, let us know if this is something as common that you you are regularly identifying these things as commonplace. Because I cannot I cannot identify in my I, I must have seen them. I know I must have seen them because if Amanda's seen them, I've seen them. I cannot tell you a time. time I see one now. I'm gonna send you a Please. photo. I need to know where the fake cell towers are where look at this they've got me hiding in plain sight maybe this is a pandemic and it is 5g maybe suddenly it's all coming into place and it's been 5g the whole time because of the transformer fake tree cell towers wow wow i just googled cell phone tree tower and (laughs) cell phone there's a vox article there's this is a palm tree tower like they're they're very they exist i would say they're commonplace (laughs) but they exist um, yeah, so unless that they are very commonplace. Tree. Thank you. Wow. As, as someone who worked well, in I'm wireless for a number of years, they are everywhere. <laughs> I I'm not, Jordan, you're the only person that they've ever fooled. That's what's amazing about this to me is that Jordan is like, that looks like a tree. Reality index of no, you're not going to go find, no, you're not going to go find a cell signal just because you got higher, but totally believable as I believe that is in the, I believe that is in our common mythology, that that yeah. is how you go with a cell signal. So absolutely, that the process of that made sense as something they would go try and do. Also, small moment, but as Wes ran by that toxic waste barrel, he whacked it with his, with, with the, uh, like a tire with the iron? crowbar. Yeah, yeah. With the tire iron. He whacks it with it. 
And it was such a, that is the, the same exact impulse as how like teenage boys always have to have jump to up and look on the everything. Top. Yes. Yeah. Or like jump up and hit the top of the door jam every they time they to. walk through door jam. They have to. I was like, yeah, yep. Of course, of course the teenage boy, despite the fact yeah. that he's trying not to lure out a grizzly bear right now, <laughs> would whack as hard yeah. and as loud as he possibly can. On an empty oil drum. Yeah. Why, why would he not do that? They just that, do. I gotta say, that grizzly bear, by the way, was capable of, like, throwing his voice. It was a, a bear ventriloquist. <laughs> a bear ventriloquist a a is, is actually what I typed in all caps in my notes. Um, I was not sober while watching this film. But, but that bear was absolutely, like, that bear kept, especially when Lori was in the cabin. Or, uh, no, not Lori. When was his name? Sean? Yeah. Orange Polo. Yeah, Sean. Honestly, every single time I watch every single character, I kept waiting for them to be called Trevor, and none of them were called Trevor. Um, <laughs> they all had huge Trevor energy. Yes. But Sean in that cabin, as he's like sneaking around the side, and the bear's voice is getting more and more distant. Yeah. And then also somehow magically appears. And I was like, that bear <laughs> is that bear is able to either apparate or <laughs> bear triloquist only well, two and options if, if it's yeah and if it's an atomic grizzly really then that's totally on the table and you know but also this bear it, it's it's it could be so savvy about the acoustics of its environment True. that it, it really knows how to it knows how to manipulate them to a, a, give the impression of apparating from point a to point b throughout the woods um i really liked that I liked the dynamic between these teens. Um, yeah. They were, like, really pretty, like, they got emotional sometimes. But they were, like, pretty cooperative and helpful with one another. And, like, pretty willing to be emotionally vulnerable. And I liked that about them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely, I wasn't sure why Lori was hanging out with the other, with the two guys. We never really get a sense <laughs> that she's, like, we get a sense there's, like, tension with her and Wes. But we never really get a yeah. sense that they're together. Um, and if she's like Wes's girlfriend, it explains the entire group dynamic. I otherwise, but she's, she's not his girlfriend. She's not his girlfriend. She's not his girlfriend, but they hint at that they want to be something with one another throughout the movie. But I was honestly really glad it never like, cause the the boys went there. Yeah, the boys have this handshake that they do where they, like, pound and they go, Los Amigos, and that's, like, you know, their term of endearment. And so when we get toward the end and all that's left is Lori and Wes, and they've been through a lot together, and he's about to, like, self-sacrifice. He's like, I'm going to use, like, my bloody... I like when he's like, the bear's drawn to blood, so I'll use my bloody clothes to lure it away, and you run. It's like, you're both covered in blood right now. She (laughs) fell on a bear trap, Wes. Like, not one of you has the edge in this situation. But when she's about to run off... I was worried they were going to like kiss each other in some like underdeveloped romantic moment. But instead she just like holds up her fist for a pound and goes Los Amigos. And he's like Los Amigos. And then he like gives her the hit and runs off. I was like, that is adorable. Actually. I find this extremely charming. It was was actually a really sweet, like just (laughs) so dorky, such a dorky, sweet moment of just, that is a thing that high schoolers would do. They would have, yeah. they would be like, Los Amigos, that's what we are. All of that. <laughs> Everyone knows that we're Los Amigos. Like that is. We have t-shirts that, that we put Los Amigos on and we wear them to football games together. Their senior pages all had some <laughs> reference. Their senior quotes were like, Los Amigos, ride or die. <laughs> yeah. And he like, 
they're obviously really stressed and they're upset, but there's this moment that just like of levity when she like offers up the pound and he said he looks at her and says like Los Amigos and he smiles. It was like, look at you guys having a nice little moment in the, this this bout of terror. And that is also the moment when because he's going to use his closest bait, Tyler Hecklin takes almost all of his clothes off. And I was like, why not? I think we earned this. I think yeah. we earned this. I it wasn't uh, it wasn't salacious. He was wearing like very long shorts uh, still, but he did get shirtless, and it was like this is great. After just the the persistent presence of the arms throughout the movie, it was a nice thing. And Lori, since Lori yeah. spends most of the movie with one tit hanging out, so yeah. like, <laughs> but like she's clothed. She's clothed. Listener, reader, she is clothed. Her, her <laughs> clothes become tattered and her like bikini top becomes exposed. But it, the it, it, certainly at that moment, Tyler Hecklin becomes the least clothed person in the movie. Yes. And Far, like it's it's Grizzly Bear and then Tyler Hecklin right right above Grizzly Bear in terms yeah, of who's right, wearing the least clothes. Right above Grizzly Bear. And it, their their plan right before their their Los Amigos moment is they lured Tyler, uh, Wes, uh, he makes a, like a trail of gas from the car to inside the Jeep and like douses some, like, looks like a sleeping bag in the back with gas. And they're going to like lure the bear. He basically, without asking Lori, makes her the bait in the car. And he like summons the grizzly to the car. She's in the front. It's trying to crawl through the back to get to her. And she's screaming at it. And then from a distance, Wes lights the trail of gas and presumably they're going to try and blow the bear up. And I was like, holy shit, is this movie going to end with the bear blowing up? (laughs) <laughs> that plan, that plan did not work. I really didn't want to see the angry Mama Grizzly like in flames, twisting in the darkness. That would have made me really sad. So I'm well, glad that it, it would have been too that grizzly. Th- that would have been the grizzly maze. Yeah, that would have been very grizzly maze. And so instead, like she runs from the car, it explodes. Whoop! The bear's still alive. That's when he's like, "I'll use my bloody clothes and distract it. You run. I'll be mostly nude out here in this this forest." <laughs> out here in nature and what ends up happening is it's funny she runs into i think it might it's that same um it's that same shack fell onto the fell onto the bear trap earlier she traps the bear in the shack gets out locks the door behind her and like pushes this old like wagon wheel cart thing up against the door to jam it Wes comes running up to her. They join hands. They're walking off. You're like, oh, they're they're probably going to end up being something. They've made it out. But also, like, if she could pull, and, like, I'm glad the Grizzly did get out because if this little girl could pull this metal wagon wheel up to this door to block it, then that Grizzly could absolutely use its body weight to knock it the fuck out of the way and make it out of this tiny shack that it could clearly thrash through the walls of if you just gave it, like, a couple minutes. So the idea- Yeah, they were real confident at the end that they were, were going to be okay. Yeah, and the idea- Real overconfident. I was, I was offended at the notion that after everything and like the sheer size of a grizzly and as motivated as this bear was, that this rickety ass shack would have been able to contain it. Well, that was not the case. And really, this was a, I thought this was a real twist ending. Yeah. Yeah. We did not get happily ever after. It, as when that ending happened, there was this moment I was like, did, did the director just lose interest? (laughs) <laughs> if like he had looked at the script and like maybe the ending was supposed to be that they blow up the shack or like 
they have a, you know, Wes ends up grappling hand to hand and then she ends up killing it in the back or something. I was like waiting for any sort of big final set piece confrontation. And instead they're slowly ambling off and the bear breaks out, charges them and kills them both. It really, yeah. Yeah. Like it just, there's. Wes falls, he's like, run, get out of here. Lori refuses to leave, and she's like, no, come on. She's trying to pick him up. And then the bear closes in on them, and we just see the blood spatter on the screen, and then it just cuts to the title card and says, Grizzly Rage. And it's like, fuck, everybody got mauled to death by the bear. Wow. Like, yeah, that's that's what we're going with. And that is, you know what, for this film, it's fitting. It's I'm like, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I had, I did not, I didn't leave that being like, man, that's a bummer. Or, huh. <laughs> they really should have survived. I was like, no, you know what? This is what they deserve. This is why yeah. you don't, this is why you don't go into the woods without telling somebody. Yeah. And, and no they, one's ever, no one is ever going to know what happened to them. No. No, no one's ever gonna they're never gonna be able to find the bodies they're never gonna know <laughs> like that truck was is in somewhere where they've been illegally dumping so it's not as if like the people right. with the who were dumping the chemical waste are gonna be like oh by the way we found this burnt out truck like yeah. they are never going to be found and it's what they deserve <laughs> <laughs> and yeah that so like really i felt like this movie ended kind of perfectly well. I was like, you know what? It did just sort of drop off the face of the earth there. But I, you know what? Nature, nature won. Nature found a way. Life found a way. And the bear cub, the bear lost its cub. This was bear justice. This was bear justice. And I'm sorry to these teens and their families, but you know, this, this had to happen. This is what happens when you kill a bear cub while like, that they hit the cub without even noticing that they'd hit that there was a cub in the road. Yeah, yeah. Tells me all I need to know about how, <laughs> that, how, that, how much they deserve all of this. So I guess Jordan, does this take us to what is this really about? You know, yeah, it does. And this movie really gives us some breadcrumbs. Yeah, well, some okay. like pretty pronounced breadcrumbs. I think. What do you think this was really about? Well, this is, there's that great moment in the car when it's, uh, Sean is off running at that point and it's just Wes and Lori in the car. And he says something like, what is it? We live in the most, like either we live in the richest or most, is it richest or most advanced country in the world? I have it, uh, the exact quote is here. This is like a Uh, team. We live in the most privileged country in the world. Our luck was bound to run out sooner or later. Yeah, like, this is a teen who has been mm-hmm. contemplating death and existence and, yeah. like, the place of the United States in the international order because he just drops that line in the middle of a day out joyriding with friends that has gone awry. It's like, you didn't come up with this just now. You have been myspacing about this and you have been dealing with it for a bit now. We have, we lived in the most, we live in the most privileged country in the world and he's like, fucking, our number got called, man. We grew up yeah. privileged. We grew up protected. We grew up white and suburban. Got our whole lives handed to us. Well, guess what? Guess what? We got called up in the lottery today. Guess what? And I was like, fuck. Just drop that in there, but okay. The, you know, so that's what I'm that's what I'm going with this um what this movie is really about is uh the the death of an empire and the fall of the United States of America from the top of its stature in the post-World War II order. And, uh, you know, us having to reconcile with that, us having to reconcile with with the end, with the end of heroism 
and having to to have a lot more perspective on on our place as individuals in this country and as as individuals in this country within the world. That's what I'm going to go with this movie is really about. I love that. That's I think that's a fantastic. <laughs> what a fan, that's a fantastic read on it. I yeah, love that. I feel, um, I feel about that. And I feel like David Dakota and and the writer of of this movie, who's that? Arnie Olson. That's where they led us, and so that's where I went. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I will say, by the way, you know, this is another movie where a female character assumed that the animal was karmic revenge for something that she had done. Yes. Oh my God, you're so right. You're so right. This is yeah, because she Laurie at one point goes into like right before that. It's right before he's like, I guess it was a matter of time because of you know we live in the most privileged country in the world. Laurie goes in this little monologue about how she <laughs> once hit her neighbor's car and drove <laughs> off anyway. And this is karmic revenge for that. And never told and them. Like, never told them. And never told them. And I'm just like, that seems like I'm not sure that I just like I'm not sure that tsunami and shark attack is on par with abandoning <laughs> your mother when she dies. Yeah. Like, I don't know that this is a level of but bear stalks and kills all of your close friends before coming for you is on par with <laughs> body damage to a car. Yeah. Like, yeah I, just, I, I don't think that superficial damage to a parked car. Like that's just not how that like in terms of the sliding scale. <laughs> yeah. But it did that did ring very true to me for the narcissism of a teenage girl that she'd be like, oh, yeah. well, clearly, clearly this is on par. Um, yeah. So I, God, I love your reading. Uh, mine is that this is an allegory for kind of the experience of going from high school into college into adulthood. Yep, yep. Um, and also, like specifically, the very unique millennial experience. The tracks. I think David had kind of a a prescient view of what would happen to older millennials. Um, oh, man, yeah. Wow. So the bear being bear being kind of life and in particular Oof. a bear market is a recession. Yeah. Um, and so that bear market. And this was 2007. For, so it was right before. It was right yeah. before the fall he, in 2008. He could see what was coming and he oh, knew my what was God. coming for us. And so it's that like growing away from, you know, as your the friends, the high school friends all die because they're all growing away from each other. Like meant like that's sort of what happens as you get older. Um, And then also simultaneously, that bear market is like, oh, you're going to graduate college right now. That's fun. Hey, do you want a job? How about not? How about I eat you alive and carry you to shreds instead? Exactly. And then they spend (laughs) the rest of the time, you know, the bear doesn't make a lot of appearances and like he does it she does slowly pick off the other people, but mostly the struggle itself is against, is like trying to get back on the road, trying to restart the car, trying to restart the engine. Yeah. Trying to, to get back to where they were, but better. And and that to me is really like, you know, the experience of of becoming an adult that they were talking about at the start of the movie. God, exactly. And then you get to the end of the movie and they think that they've gotten out of it. They think that they've escaped. They think that they've put that bear into a, a ramshackle shed. Yeah. And what happens? 20 fucking 20 happens. Yeah. And these elder millennials we, are helped how, by How could the ramshackle fucking... shed possibly have collapsed when we paid no attention to minding the infrastructure for a generations and thought it would all just fucking work out because it always has? How could so, yeah. it have collapsed? So to me, to me, that oh, is him predicting and warning us that we would be heading into not what we'd be facing in 2007, not one, but as elder millennials, two separate <laughs> recessions and absolutely devastating occurrences to our yeah. kind of 
development as a generation. Yep. They're never going to find the bodies. <laughs> They're never going to find the bodies. And likewise, for older millennials, we're never having houses. Yeah. No, we're we don't have house. fucking houses. No, what? We no. can't imagine. What the, our aspirational house is that home in the middle of bumfuck Alabama, out in the middle of, like, radiated swampland. That's that's our homes we're possibly buying. God. So, yeah. So that. that's, that's where I'm taking this one. I do feel grisly rage. So this makes sense to me. <laughs> I do feel a kind of grisly rage. Um, th- now, this is possible very rich terrain for dream casting. So what do you think, Amanda? Oof. I mean, part of me wants to go and just, like, you know, pick the finest of CW's offerings. Right, yeah. You know, I, I, mean, I want to do that. But I actually, I want to go, I want this to be an older generation. Okay. I want it, I want to, I want to see Gerard Butler as Wes. Wow. <laughs> I want I want older. I want this to be sort of like a Liam Neeson fighting wolves situation. Okay. So I'm going to go uh, Gerard Butler as Wes. Um, and then I'm going to go, I'm just going to cast like the, the bro types. I actually do want to pull and get a, a pull back and get one of the great character actors of, of Brodom and do uh, <laughs> Sean Patrick, Sean Patrick Scott, Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott, yeah. I Sean like I was getting a lot of I was getting a lot of um what's his uh Lachlan Monroe energy from uh Sean. And I think Sean Sean William Scott is very much in that vein too. Like I feel like we were getting similar wavelengths there. Yeah. So so Sean William Scott, just because like he is the Ur Brosif, you know. Stifler really was Stifler really was the roadmap. Yeah. So I would go like in that I mean, way, like following in the tradition, following in the tradition of the like um, Sean Penn in uh, da, oh, da, 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 da. Fast Times at Ridgemont. Oh, uh, not Fast, in Fast, Fast Times. Ridgemont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Spicoli. Following the tradition yeah. of Spicoli, but in that in that very millennial, like you said, Brosif kind of like Southern California carved of stone tradition, as opposed to the like burnout tradition where like, that was very much like what we got in the clueless era was like that burnout bro, like chill dude. But then moving into like the American pie era, it became the like carved. That was like the advancement on O'Banion from dazed and confused was the, the idiot, the idiot bro. Yeah. The, the sex idiot. idiot. Yeah. Just, just could be, could be the bad guy in a teen movie. Could be your best, your brother's best friend. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> um, I went. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna retract my Gerard Butler. Um, I am gonna add in a Donald Faison. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in a Donald Faison. I'm gonna retract my Gerard Butler. I'm not sure who I'm gonna put in his place, but basically the premise I'm gonna have this is these are some work colleagues. Oh, okay. Super close. Okay. But who aren't super close, but are supposed are going out for like a work retreat and oh. End up in the wrong area. They okay. get lost while on this road trip, on this trip for a work retreat. And this becomes a movie much more about the way that we're all going to die working our jobs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would do that. I would do, uh, I, I, I don't have a lady yet. I, I yet again forgot to do casting. I don't know if you can tell that I'm like standing <laughs> up and kind of doing my homework last minute. I forgot to do casting. But like that's the general vibe I want is like, uh-huh. oh yeah, that guy kind of excitement of 90s to two, early 2000s <laughs> actors i feel like maybe like, like an, amy, an amy smart if we're having oh, this amy kind smart of conversation great. 
Yeah. Amy Smart would be great for this. Yes. Yeah. And then let's throw in you're Breck kind of and, picturing you know here. And let's reunite Donald Faison with Breckenmeyer. Hey, there you go. There you let's go. Let's do that. So Sean Scott, Breckenmeyer, Donald Faison, and Amy Smart. There you go. And the four of them are like work colleagues who are supposed to go to some sort of a, a work retreat, team building exercise. They get yeah. lost. They <laughs> accidentally hit a bear cub. And then they have to reckon with the fact that they're going to die at a job that they didn't even like very much. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I am going to... I am going to lean into the, 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 you know, TV's hottest stars aspect of it. And I am going to make, I'm going to keep, I, I might keep, we'll see how it goes at the end of what I'm saying. I might keep Tyler Hecklin as Wes, just cause what a, what a figure he cut and what a perfect sort of embodiment of, of that energy he was. And the fact that he did this before Superman, it kind of feels like exactly what I want this to be. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to mix and match errors just a little bit. So I'm going to keep Tyler Hecklin as Wes. I am going to bring in for Sean, Keegan Allen, Toby, the famous famed Toby of pretty little liars. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. He's going to be here. He's going to be here. I am going to, I think I'm going to bring in for our first death for rich. I'm going to like time travel present day KJ Appa. And make him guy in bucket hat and Hawaiian shirt um, friend who gets killed first. Um, And then for Lori, I am going to I'm I'm really excited to bring in Minka Kelly as as my Lori, uh, because you know what? Lila Garrity for life. And 2007 would have been a great time for her to be like 26, 27 playing, playing a, an 18 year old girl. And the only, like the only sort of possible alternate I would make here is if I, if I took out uh, Tyler Hecklin, which I wouldn't, but the only, the backup in my mind is absolutely uh, Ben McKenzie from the OC is right oh, yeah. now. He is that same like he the, is the, a the, shell necklace. Yeah, he's a puka shell necklace. He's stoic. He would be like the duty bound. He would wreck a car, telling yeah. his friends to turn around to go get their buddy, who's definitely dead, but he wishes was still alive. Like he would be the stand on principle. You run. I'm gonna leave my bloody clothes here and 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 draw the bear away. That would that would be a Ryan yeah. Atwood McKenzie move. So either I would be very happy with him or Tyler Hecklin staying in this role. But so yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be my fantasy casting, and it's oh, so sexy. That is a delightful. It's, that's it's it's so sexy. Honestly, what you just cast right there could also become a gritty reboot of like of Grizzly Rage, where <laughs> it becomes a TV show set in the Riverdale universe. Oh God, yeah. Oh 100%. yeah. That could just be set in the Riverdale universe, and the Grizzly Bear is like Cheryl sort of a character. Cheryl would be friends with the Grizzly Bear. They would be in cahoots. Yeah. Cheryl would be in cahoots. <laughs> With the fucking grizzly, Cheryl Blossom. No, you know what? The the reanimated fucking ghost of Jason Blossom would be the grizzly. I mean, look. Betty or Betty would have Betty would have disassociative episodes where she becomes the grizzly bear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience, uh, the Riverdale universe is a bit smaller currently, so there's probably room to uh, throw some stuff in there. Let's throw a bear in there. Yeah. Why not? 
What? Yeah, like Why the new black mask becomes is like fill in the black mask with a grizzly bear <laughs> who becomes the vessel for various characters like rage manifestations, their grizzly rage coming out from within. So who's the grizzly bear? Everybody but Archie. And it's Boom. up to him. <laughs> Everybody but Archie is the grizzly bear. And it's up to him to stop it Archie and free his a grizzly friend. bear at one point gotta be he bear fights a bear it. he he actually fought a bear i think at one point <laughs> like he was it's after he like escapes from jail or something and then yeah he escapes from jail and i think he fights a bear i don't know i didn't no. I, I stopped watching but i think this was in the third season I'm excited to one day slam it and 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 watch everything that I've missed, which is a couple seasons at this point. But there is no better show to walk into scenes out of context than Riverdale. Absolutely yeah. fucking none. There's an entire when you can Twitter walk account in, for it. Oh yeah, when you and when you walk in to a when you walk in and you see characters you're aware of, and you see fucking Cheryl Blossom giving the third degree to mysterious <laughs> relatives who've shown up, and the taxidermy. <laughs> body of her dead twin brother who she has incestuous romantic feelings for is also at the table and she's talking about like a haunted doll possessing the spirit of that dead brother it's like and she's telling the school counselor about it who's played by gina torres yeah it's like give me riverdale in seven minutes at a time and then take it away and then throw me another utterly ridiculous fucking seven minutes from another point in the show. That is amazing. I will say, just Riverdale to clarify. Riverdale is the only show that was actually meant for Quibi, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to clarify, uh, Archie fought a bear man or a grizzled beast. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Like, supernatural. So, this, this is, so, again, basically what you're telling me is that Archie fought a bear with hands. Yeah. yeah. Bear hands. Chemical bear. Bear hands. Yeah. <laughs> So that that brings us that brings us to the end of our 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 thrilling analysis on Grizzly Rage. So what does that bring us to? What does that mean for our towering infernos, Amanda? How many towering infernos does the Grizzly Rage light for you? I mean, I can't give it. I have to give it like two. It's, it's not a bad movie. It absolutely does not warrant any more than two infernos. It is it is fine. It is adequate. It <laughs> served its purpose. It was yeah. like. It was like chicken McNuggets that aren't very good, but you're like, I'm still going to eat this. <laughs> like, they're not going to be bad, but they're not a thing I would really want if I had my choices. I, I think I, I'm going to give it a very, I'm going to give it a very friendly two. Like, I give okay. it a two as well, and I, I encourage, it's a high-sided two. So I hope uh, people will have fun with this on on 2B. Uh, with its wonderfully placed commercial breaks, just like we did. But yeah, yeah. two. 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 <laughs> and then what, and then so what are we queuing up then for, for next week, Amanda? What kind of disaster is in store for the divas? All right. So uh, we are going with, uh, we're going, we're going for 2B again, because the fact that it's free is a real incentive for us. Uh, what? Through Boom. these long summer months. Yep. And we are going with 2011's Miami Magma. Miami magma, ladies and gentlemen. Because it's been a while since we've had some good volcano action. And uh, this is going to be a, a film involving Rachel Hunter, the actress, former actress, model, former wife of Rod Stewart. <laughs> and she plays a volcanologist. Because why not? Yeah. And, you know, why? we don't even... 
we'll, we'll see how this stacks up against, uh, you know, city-based volcano movies. Because obviously, volcano being being the gold standard, we'll see how a we'll see how a Miami volcano looks versus a, an LA an LA volcano. I'm I'm excited to see the differences. I'm excited for us to have to have a really a present threat. I'm looking forward to all of this. I so am. That'll be next week, and that is on Tubi. It's also on like Amazon, but it's free on Tubi. So just do that. Yeah, and Brad Dourif is in this, and I'm just hoping uh, the eternal voice of Chucky, and I am just hoping that we get uh, enough of Brad Dourif and that I'm not left just wanting more because he's a You're not left direct? <laughs> yes, one could one could say. Oh, please let me just read this description. Miami Magma follows prodigy volcanologist Antoinette Vitrini and her yeah. sister Emily as they attempt to blow the whistle on an illegal drill oil drilling scheme before it sets off the eruption of a super volcano directly mm-hmm. beneath Miami. There you go. And yeah. Antoinette Vitrini Volcanology. And her sister and her sister Emily. Yeah. <laughs> and Emily. <laughs> they uh right. the parents tapped out on creative inspiration after that first one. <laughs> So Jordan, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at J-O-R-C-R-U Crew, and uh, check out the Patreon as well and also subscribe and pay me uh, at patreon.com slash cruciola, C-R-U-C-C-H-I-O-L-A. And we are about to do some big appreciating of the supreme action actor Scott Adkins on the Patreon. So do come and and celebrate that uh, and celebrate him with me. Hell yeah. Yeah, nice. human special effects, Scott Adkins. Awesome. It is your Patreon is great. I really I like it's not Thank it's not you. my genres normally, and it is fantastic. I love Highlight it. of my feed. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. I am Amanda R. Tubbs. That's Tubbs with two B's. Two B's. And, <laughs> two B's. and uh, two B's. Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't promoted this in a while, but baseball's back. And if you are a baseball fan, if you are a particularly a Dodgers fan or mm-hmm. a Phillies fan, I put out a book in November of um, basically that is alternate fiction of if Chase Utley fought in World War II. Um, it's it's illustrated. Good. It's super fun. It's weird. It's quite entertaining. Thank you guys. So uh, <laughs> you can find the Amazon link on my on my Twitter page at the top, but also it's uh, it's called Le Renard Argente, the Silver Fox at War. It's on Amazon, and uh, pick up a copy. Wait, Amanda, what if and I'm a Jason? what if I'm a Mariners fan though? Is there any like good news for me <laughs> at all, or any sort um, of things going never. on? Never. You know, there's nothing specifically Mariners related, but. I'd like to think that anybody except for a Mets fan can appreciate a good Chase Utley book. <laughs> I was, I was just and making... honestly, like you're just picking a team. Well, I was, I was making a reference to the fact that a bunch of Mariners got COVID. <laughs> oh, like, Marlins, right dude, the Marlins. Oh, oh damn it, Marlins! Oh, wow. I was like, wait, it was the Mariners too. <laughs> no, 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 it was the Marlins. Because, damn it! Like, and which, honestly, all of any baseball fan was like, of fucking course, it was the Marlins. Of here, course, here I was <laughs> trying to act like I knew about baseball. Florida man. You tried. I, I I was really surprised and confused by it. I thought it was like some reference that you were like trying to be a, an obscure hipster about it by um, picking a Seattle team. No, but, okay, I, you just were. Yeah, I know football. Okay. It just uh, baseball is different. It's the field's a triangle. <laughs> it, it, that is a diamond. It's, it's a, a diamond, Jason. <laughs> Um, anyway, people so can Jason, find me. Where can we find you? Yeah, they can find me at Jason Halftones on Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. All right. 
So follow all of us. Uh, we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. Um, we are disastergirlspod at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, please take a second to rate and review us. Those yeah. reviews make a huge difference, guys. And we love reading them and sharing them on Twitter, on, on the pod. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on whatever program you use, just rate us. It, it helps out. And tell your friends, tell your family, tweet about us. Get a billboard and share your favorite scenes <laughs> yeah, and quotes from us do. on the billboard, whatever. Absolutely. Get a promotional billboard for yeah. Disaster Oh, and also... I do, I do just quick, like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're looking for a podcast about books, go find a book podcast. Um, this is a podcast about movies. Uh, so just like, I don't know who needs to hear that, but if (laughs) you're looking for a podcast about books, this isn't the podcast. If you have feedback about books, we are not the place for that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're disappointed that we aren't discussing the (laughs) book origins of (laughs) movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's correct. We are not discussing the book origins of the movies. Yeah, we talk about good, movies here. Good point. Cool. None of us read. We're not literate. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally none of us actually knows how to read. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, uh, thank you for uh, yeah, thank you for weathering Pandora with us, you guys, Hell and yeah. uh, we hope that yeah. we hope that Grizzly Rage and its um, you know subtle messaging about the the death of um, american imperialism and uh th- the death cult of capitalism i think adjacently has been really stimulating for you yeah yeah it was a nice nice levity after after pandora all right so uh, we'll see y'all back next week for miami magma yeah bye everybody bye That might be cool.com. You never know. <laughs> <laughs>